Welcome to Credits Due, the podcast where we break down an actor's filmography one movie at a time. I'm Ben Cron, and joining me today is Tyler Owen. <laughs> and Neil Potter. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh my god. I don't have a drink with me. I'm full of regret. Only 30 seconds in. Tall boy strawberry coming at ya. Oh my god. That sounds terrible. <laughs> what I what I was hoping you'd open was Dr. Pepper just released Dr. Pepper Cream Soda Ugh. limited edition. It's amazing. Man. That does sound pretty good. 42 flavors too on the cream soda? Possibly. Is that their I've, number? I think it's 39, <laughs> but if you want to make it cream soda, it might be 42. Okay. Yeah, didn't you know that Dr. Pepper was uh, founded by Jackie Robinson? <laughs> Whoa. I did not know that. Speaking of Jackie Robinson, guys, we are on part 15 on our series on Harrison Ford, where we'll be talking to uh, today about the 2013 movie 42. <laughs> um, maybe that's why that number was stuck in my head. Uh, this is, of course, um, the biopic uh, directed by Brian uh, Helgenland. Brian Helgenland. Sorry. I feel like that's wrong. Uh, yeah, Brian, if you're watching, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Brian. Uh, it stars Chadwick Boseman and Harrison Ford. Um, it is about uh, in 1947, Jackie Robinson becomes the first African-American to play in Major League Baseball in the modern era when he is signed by the Brooklyn Dodgers and faces considerable racism in the process. Um Considerable racism. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird qualifier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, putting it lightly there, IMDb. <laughs> um, and of course, we'll start off with some film trivia on the movie, then get into some box office, and we'll dive into our full spoiler-filled discussion on the movie 42. Then, as always, we'll end with final thoughts and recommendations. So, Tyler, you want to start us off with some film trivia? Yeah, that's me. Uh, every episode, I put together four pieces of trivia about our main film, and one of them I make up completely, and you guys got to guess which one it is. So, let's start with number one. Robert Redford originally accepted the role of Branch Rickey. Harrison Ford took him for a ride in a 1942 military training single-engine plane and convinced Redford to let him take the part since he was a huge baseball fan. Number two, the film broke the record for highest box office opening weekend by a baseball movie. The previous record holder was the 2006 film The Benchwarmers. Number three, the movie censored Leo's speech to the Dodgers over the planned strike in protest of signing of Jackie Robinson. His actual quote was, Don't care if the guy is yellow or black, or if he has stripes like a fucking zebra and the manager of this team, he plays. Number four. Jackie Robinson was not the first black Major League Baseball player, but he was the first in the 20th century. The first black Major League player was Moses Fleetwood Walker on the Toledo Blue Stockings in 1884. He was followed by his brother, Weldy, 
and evidence suggests that another player named William White may have played even earlier. All right. Ben, why don't you go first? Oh, man. Um, oh, man, it has to be that first one about Robert Redford taking the part. Um, uh, no reason. <laughs> it just sounds fishy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Neil? I'm going to go with the second one because if the bench warmers made more money than this, then I don't want to I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, wait, ben, but if it's you... true. Wait, if it's true. I don't remember what the actual question was. <laughs> I just don't want to. OK, continue, Tyler. Uh, the, the question that question was that it broke the record that the bench warmers had. Mm. Mm. Good. Okay. I'm still staying with it. <laughs> well, you, you'd be wrong because Ben got it right. <laughs> so it did. Uh, so the bench warmers did make more money than 42. No, 42 broke it. The previous record holder was bench warmers in 2006. Oh, OK. So it's true. You know what? Yes, I don't true. think I quite understand this game. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither of us do. Uh, so for number one, Robert Redford actually was offered the role, but he turned it down. Uh, not at the behest of Harrison Ford, though. Uh, <laughs> but yes, that that uh, the speech that Leo gave was sanitized for the PG-13 rating. Uh, mm-hmm. He did add a uh, fucking zebra in there instead of just zebra. Uh, in real life and number four uh, yes it's true Jackie Robinson was not the first black major league baseball player so kind of an interesting little footnote in history there but um, you yeah. know just like it, a lot of these things that that's kind of the the way it happens right like uh, for example Rosa Parks wasn't the first black woman to refuse to move to the back of the bus she was just the one that like kind of reached critical mass as far as like notoriety happens so Mm. yeah uh but jackie robinson's was a huge figure and uh, as this this film shows it's a pretty incredible story so yeah well after that we're gonna get into some box office trivia Ooh, excuse me we're talking about 42 came out in at 2013 april 12th was its earliest release date had a budget of 40 million dollars had a domestic opening of 27 million dollars and worldwide has made 97.4 million dollars um it's that's yeah not bad so uh it actually i mean it made its money back and i'm sure on top of that actually made a little bit of money but i think it's you know, worth it for this type of movie. Uh, I aligned it with another movie that we released, though. Another biopic. Uh, Ali is what I'm comparing this to. <laughs> um, that was, uh, of course, a Will Smith movie. And just as a comparison, the budget of Ali was over $60,000 or $60 million more with a budget of $107 million. Jesus. And yeah, and it made a substantially smaller domestic opening of $14 million and hasn't even reached the peak of 42 and wow. has only made $87 million worldwide, which kind of surprised me looking at the numbers. Yeah. I don't know if Ali coming out in 
2001 had anything in December 2001 had anything to do with that. But like that is very surprising. I found that very surprising. It uh, like mean, you, you've got Will Smith in the lead in that film. Yeah. And it's a I feel like it's more um, historically, I mean, more relevant to people who are alive today that would know the story of Ali and want to watch that. Uh, Jackie Robinson is a little further removed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had not even heard of 42 until this podcast where I had heard of Ali beforehand. So, right. I find so that interesting. very interesting. I wonder, I mean, 42, I think is just an easier, it's a more friendly film. Uh, yeah. If that's it, yeah. a weird I think you understand what I'm trying to say. It's weird to call this movie friendly, but uh, I wonder if just it, more people, more people just kind of gravitated to this movie um, where Ollie is like, what? It was like three hours long and it's, yeah. it's a, it's a tough movie to watch. I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I mean, it's like word of mouth. Just I, because I remember a lot of people talked a lot about this movie when it came out about forty two, mm. and mm. I don't know. I, I think it was like more of like, oh, we should go see that because it's it's a cool. It looks like a cool movie. I don't know how many people, how many people that I talked to anecdotally actually ended up buying a ticket, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I feel like Ali is the better film. Um, but this one's certainly more inspiring or at least like shot and edited in a way that is a little more uplifting, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's yeah. very, that's very interesting. Yeah. And now we're getting into movie like up against in 2003, the movies like are just every, all of them that you've heard of. So it's like gravity, man of steel. Like there's no surprises as we start getting closer to the year we're in and like 12 years of slave American hustle, Wolf of wall street. It was that year. Um, just full of like big blockbusters, mm-hmm. Pacific rim, fast six world war Z, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was also you know, a pretty good year for movies. Uh, I would say most definitely. True. That's a big, uh, Oscar year too, like with uh, 12 Years a Slave and Wolf Wall Street. I think those were mm-hmm. two like pretty huge award winners. Um, all right, let's let's get into this movie, guys. Um, so, yeah, I guess we should say uh, I am not a baseball fan. Um, <laughs> I actually find it a quite boring sport which is probably will piss off any baseball fans that are listening um i assume you guys are the same are are you guys sports fans at all that no. is correct i don't watch sports <laughs> no <laughs> and base and as far and, and but the thing is like i i don't mind sports i really have nothing against them but baseball is one where it's like i will not 
go to a baseball game. I will not watch it. I won't even play it because it's not fun. <laughs> like it's not, it's one of my least favorite sports. Yeah. Like as far as major sports are concerned, it's very. I'm, I might genuinely be more interested in watching NASCAR than baseball. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I might be with you actually. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, like baseball is a very methodical sport, and so like I think people who love it really get into like the stats of it and like oh yeah you know all that and that just does not translate to screen i think the like whole baseball i mean i think there's a reason why you don't really see an entire game in this movie you just see him like (laughs) almost get hit by a ball like (laughs) you know yeah um but uh that being said the all the aspect just to like jump in with my general thoughts on this movie. Um, I quite like this movie. I really enjoyed it. I think it's very powerful and the two, if you call them lead performances by Chadwick Boseman, uh, who plays Jackie Robinson and then even Harrison Ford, I think they're just, they make this movie just so enjoyable to watch. Um, uh, I'm actually going to second that opinion. Nice. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought both Chad with Bozeman and Harrison Ford did a very good job. Um, and as far as like it being centered around baseball, like it didn't like, I didn't feel like that. I mean, from my just perspective, of what I just said, I'm not liking it. I don't think that had any effect on the movie whatsoever. Like I feel it, it's just, it was just a good, I like liked it for the biopic nature of it rather than the actual like sport they were going after so i mean the the trick this movie plays is that it's not a baseball movie like right right. there's there's literally no drama centered around winning or losing at all like none I, i don't think there's a single shot um while they're playing a game that's not explicitly about his relationships with his fellow team members and the opposing team and the antagonism related to racism that that's the entire movie so it's it's just it's not even a sports movie to be honest like it's it's a story of like um a historical drama about one of the first people to deal with integration in a new arena right Mm -hmm. right true yeah um yeah and also this movie like made my blood boil and (laughs) i think like by design because man there's just so much racism depicted in this movie and they do not shy away from it like they yeah it Mm -hmm. really hits you hard um and i uh i'd like to just I'd like to start off with that first, actually, because I think one of the genius things this movie does is it uh, it casts a lot of comedic actors to be just the worst racists ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. One of that who I honestly think is like the best performance of this movie is our boy Alan Tudyk. Absolutely. Mm hmm. Uh, it's really only in like two or three scenes and his major, the biggest scene he's in, he is, he's playing the manager of uh, some team. 
Philadelphia. I think it's from Philadelphia. Whatever team is from Philadelphia. But he's the manager of that team. And when Jackie Robinson goes up to bat, he is just just belting racial slurs at him for the entire time he's at bat. And the what is so incredible about that performance is Alan Tudyk delivers all of his lines as if they're like stand-up bits, like as if all of them are jokes. And there is just this weird off-putting balance of the way he's delivering them and then like just all the N words he's throwing out. It is, it is like one of, it's such a, just a villain performance. It's such an incredible villain performance. And I was, I think that if you, I think it's because he's a comedian and I just think he can just dig into that evilness, you know? Yeah, well, that's really interesting that you point that out, too, because I'm not sure I could pinpoint exactly why I found his performance so powerful, but I think you kind of nailed it there. Like, there's something about casting someone who is otherwise so damn likable and fun Mm -hmm. in such a hateful character. Like, that's, that's what made it feel so hurtful to, like, hear those words coming out of his mouth. Like, and have him be someone who has such great comedic timing and such a like calm and fun demeanor. Otherwise it just like, it hurts you to your core to like hear him saying those things. Mm -hmm. And that's just, I don't know as if this movie would have worked as well if they had cast like a more stereotypical villain, because it would have come across as like a, a caricature of the time. Like it, it just, it hurts more when you know, how fun and nice of a guy this is, you know? Yeah, and I think kind of where that comes from is, like, you didn't need, like, a quote-unquote villain. Like, portraying people as they were in the 40s and 50s is all you needed to do to, like, garner, like, support for uh, Jackie Robinson. Like, so he played it, like, just as you... would expect someone from that time period to because like even stuff that like you'd still see that unfortunately trickle in today. So you like anybody can still realize how like awful this guy is, you know, in the grand like scheme of things. So like, I think, yeah. And it, it plays off that, that modern, uh, the modern, like seams of racism in our society where so many people will say these just awful terrible things and then try to play them off as jokes and that's exactly what we see here it just is like it really goes to show that nothing has changed right like oh yeah the the scale is the only thing that's different it the the rationalizations, the attitudes, those all still exist today. And the way that these people try and brush it off is by pretending like they're joking. And that's, you saw that exactly in this movie. Like they, when he's being interviewed by the reporters after the game and is talking about how this is just all the same playful ribbing that he gives all his other, uh, you know, people, other teams that he plays against and even his own teammates. And it's just like, Man, what an insidious way to disguise your hatred, right? Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I yeah, I love that follow-up scene where he's getting interviewed and he's like trying to um 
he's trying to like uh, convince people that it's it's not it was perfectly fine to do and it's like right it's like dude maybe like maybe all that other stuff is really bad too and like (laughs) (laughs) it's wild Uh, around that character i mean i we're kind of jumping really far into this already but that actually led to like my the most like powerful scene in in this entire movie for me is like the first time he comes up to bat against the team and Alan Tudyk is just laying into him and he just like he calmly like gets off the plate and just loses his damn mind in like the tunnel under the dugouts and I was just like holy shit like I felt like his just anger and like just uh, him feeling like powerless and nothing like he could do other than like without having to just go beat that guy to death, which like I would like, I wouldn't even know if I wouldn't be able to do that. Like that's insane. Like, and then this like the little pep talk that Harrison Ford kind of gives, like, it's like one of those kind of like hard, like, it's not like the most uplifting thing you've ever heard in your entire life, but it's a very forties, fifties type pep talk. Like (laughs) just kind of like (laughs) get a thick skin, bud. Like if you're going to let this happen, like uh, you're never going to make it or, and, and things like this. So it, and, and those lessons that kind of it's (laughs) that Harrison Ford kind of teaches that way. It's like, it's it, it, like you're almost like, yeah, like that's how because he, he was like fully aware, like, Jackie, you're the guy like I I'm sorry that I picked you as the one that you're doing this. But like, you're the one that's going to make it better for everybody else. Like and I thought that was such like an interesting take from like and I, I would assume that's fairly true to life. I'm not 100 percent sure, but that would be that's just I thought that was an interesting element to this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you think Chadwick Boseman actually um, broke that bat? You think it was a real bat and he actually broke it? Oh, that'd be sweet if he did. That'd be kind of badass, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's probably have hollow. You, have you ever hit anything with a solid wood baseball bat? It rings. It like vibrates oh, yeah. your hands so much it oh, hurts. Oh yeah. yeah. So yeah. like if I, I couldn't, I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, ow, my hand. <laughs> you even just hit a ball the wrong way, and it does yeah, that sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No, I my my only real criticism of biopics like this where they they have to kind of like compress almost the uh, uh, just a massive scale of time into such a small film is that a lot of those pep talks and like meaningful moments come across a little too saccharine and a little too like uh, just manufactured i guess mm, so yeah. uh, i just i wish this movie was 3 hours long instead of ali right like this i wanted to have a more natural progression and like a, a few more um wordless moments where you're just s- hanging with him emotionally and not having someone just like basically play an almost narrator instead of a character cuz mm. i feel like that was kind of the role that Harrison Ford was playing in this movie was like he was talking more to the audience than he was to Jackie. Um, and so it just felt a little, a, a little like compressed and yeah. um, like the message had to be conveyed too quickly. Um, I, I would love to see this as just like a straight up television series, like an HBO drama that lasts like eight episodes. That would be fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. It just, there, there was just a little too much like, 
shine and polish on this almost mm-hmm. that that made those true moments feel like they they weren't um, they weren't given the the a right amount of weight. Mm. Yeah, and I wonder. I mean, this uh, the problem is that I just am completely unfamiliar with Jackie Robinson, but mm-hmm. I like the first scene of this movie, I immediately like went to Wikipedia to see if there was like a section of like historical inaccuracies because Mm -hmm. like this movie depicts that like Harrison Ford's character, like one day he just decided to hire an African American and he just like, he was like the only one who thought of it. But I think in reality, um, Jackie Robinson was getting offers from, a lot of different baseball teams. And I think that the movie just doesn't, I don't even think they mentioned that at all. And so it really seems like it was just um, Harrison Ford's idea. And there's a little um, trouble. That's a little troubling to assume that, but um, yeah, there is that. I that was the thing that I was going into this movie worried about the most was: Are we going to get another like story about black uh, suppression and racism and all that with a white savior at the at the middle of the film? Right, mm-hmm. and I think I think we do put a toe over that line occasionally, but in the end, I think it's not. It's not disingenuous to acknowledge the role that some more liberally minded white people played in elevating and equalizing the playing field, right? Mm-hmm. But I, at the same time, I, I don't feel like we got enough time with Jackie Robinson and what he dealt with. It was, we, we had a little too much of like an equal uh, depiction here when it's a movie called 42, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that kind of goes into one of my biggest problems with this movie is I just, I wish that there was more of the team of his team and we get a few moments, uh, with players, but, um, yeah, I just wish that that dynamic with his team um, was just more fleshed out. Like they were mostly just stuck in the dugout for the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's a shame. It is. Cause I, it, it, I like to the point where I don't remember any of them. Like they're who the, like even the actors the or and like their names, <laughs> yeah. none of them. Like I don't really recall any of them, which I think is a shame because some of them did like a t- start to get that relationship and like, you know, start to actually be a bigger part, but then it was kind of pretty much cut short and then the movie ended. So, yeah, <laughs> true. Um, so, uh, let's see. Um, so I cried once during this movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, you guys probably remember the scene, but there is, it is the the scene that involves uh, what's his name Pee Wee Reese, which is uh, mm-hmm. one of Jackie Robinson's players, and he's playing a what is basically he considers a hometown game, and he has a lot of family, 
and the scene starts with just this kid. You don't know who this kid is. And he's sitting with his, presumably his father. And this kid's like super excited to see Pee Wee play. And his father, you know, like gives him some baseball stats. Like he's like sharing him some trivia and whatever. And then Jackie Robinson comes out and this dad just starts screaming the N word. And then everyone around him starts screaming the same thing. And then this kid like looks confused and then he joins in in this Mm -hmm. like very heartbreaking Mm -hmm. moment. Um, One thing I think uh, if you didn't notice this, you should go back and watch. But this, uh, especially when the dad was screaming, he looked a lot like um, Lindsey Graham. Oh no! That makes uh, sense. The United States Senator from South Carolina, Uh, especially when he's screaming um, a racial slur, they look very similar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, (laughs) God, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm sure it was just a coincidence, but anyways. <laughs> um, so then they are, uh, the game hasn't even started. They're just warming up and Pee Wee comes over to uh, Jackie Robinson and they kind of share, share a moment. And he's like, Pee Wee says, hey, this is like, I have family up there and I need to show them like, who I am. And he puts his arm around Jackie Robinson and it immediately cuts back to the kid. And that I was just like, I just burst out in tears and I was like, you're a good man. Pee Wee. <laughs> <laughs> this is only your second line in the movie, but you're a good man. Pee-wee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, th- those are those moments, right? That like the, these uh, historical dramas are like really great at at kind of um, setting up the pieces to to have that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it would mean it would, uh, and I, I'm with you there. Like I definitely teared up at that too. It's just that it would be so much more meaningful if we knew who that character was before yes, this, true. other than him, other than him just being like a stand in for someone who's had their, their worldview changed. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much it. Like there are a couple characters, there's a couple players on the team that like were already supportive of Jackie. There's a couple people on the team that were like really unsure about it and s- still harbored some racist sentiments, but eventually, ch- you know, changed. But then, and then there were the holdouts that just wouldn't want to give in and like Wee was one of those people in the middle right and it, it, it just it was a great moment but it just it wasn't um they they weren't really characters so much as they were just like stand-ins for those archetypes right yeah yeah very true yeah he is the i mean he is the person who goes over and yells at alan tudyk um yeah and but yeah that's just i mean those could be two different Characters Like you could totally right. just miss that they're the same person because yep. we just don't have time. The movie is just not given the time that you to learn um, who these other players are. Even even the like just three that are kind of important. Um, yeah, it's a shame, but 
I, the, one of the other moments that stood out to me as just really heartbreaking, um, but inspiring at the same time was when, um, Harrison Ford was talking with, um, the, oh, I can't remember the character's name, but the other player who was worried about playing in the game because he thought that, um, he, there might be a serious threat on his life cause he received like a hate letter. Mm-hmm. Um, because he played with Jackie Robinson and Harrison Ford like pulls out just reams of letters that were directed at him and at Jackie Robinson, like saying just how they're going to like murder his family and his, his child and just the most disturbing shit. And Mm -hmm. it just, that, that was one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, you, you think, you have even the slightest idea of what it's like to be um, to be like criticized or threatened. Right. And it's, it's a perfect, um, perfect depiction of like white privilege, right? Like we, oh, we yeah. get even the smallest fucking taste of what these uh, with what minorities deal with every day. And we are like horrified, but then we just, don't even fucking care half the rest of the time right we mm-hmm. we just don't see it it, we, it doesn't matter to us or we think that like our small inconvenience is equal to theirs right so it's just that scene was so powerful just because it had such a strong visual element to it just seeing that stack of papers and you didn't even need to read what they said you it was worse imagining the kind of things that people would have written Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, that that was probably my favorite scene with harrison ford in it um well and and then then, that the line that harrison ford says i think the player asks like oh has jackie seen these and harrison mm -hmm. ford replies and he's like he's like he doesn't need to see him he's living them and that's like uh, that's like the line that kind of encapsulates that that's yeah, yeah you put it so well that and that movie or that movie sorry that scene specifically is the one that really like made that sink in to be like oh that's just twitter today or something like <laughs> yes. that yeah like oh that's what drove it home that i was just like oh my god like now it's so easy for people to receive that type of shit anymore. Like, whereas like, at least (laughs) I'm saying at least they had to write a letter and mail it. But now like you can just like it, that's in everyone's face, regardless a million times worse like now. And Mm -hmm. like, that's just insanity. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. And, and like that scene with the boy and his dad at the baseball field, like, Today, it'd be very rare for a child to like hear their parents saying quite that like forwardly horrible racist shit. But instead, they're hearing it all on the Internet. Right. Like Mm -hmm. they're being like exposed to this type of language in a place that seems anonymous and safe and that no one's going to criticize them for saying it because they can't see their face. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's just it's just morphed into something different. Right. And maybe something even more insidious, just this like being able to find a community, even if your local you know locality doesn't have that sentiment like you can just get completely sucked into this weird community that holds these views and so yeah it's just there's so many things have changed but so at the same time so little has oh yeah and it's not (laughs) i mean the the what's so powerful about that scene is that it's not that 
that dad is saying the N-word, it's the anger in his voice. And that's what kids are seeing. They're seeing it on Fox News, just like even if they're not watching it, their parents are watching it. So, of course, they they think it's important. And then they go to school and uh, kids are repeating like things that they hear on the television and Mm -hmm. like they just don't. And then, yeah, with the Internet, like we have so much information coming at us and we're we just kind of we don't like process things anymore. We just completely go straight to uh, anger and um, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, it's it is worse now that you can do it. Um, anonymously and you don't have to get out a letter and put a stamp on it. You just have to hit send. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things that like this, this movie is not depicting like what it was like, you know, several decades ago. It's depicting that we have not changed at all. Um, right. Just the core of our humanity has not changed it. it, Everything else around it is what's changed. And, um, yeah, my God, it's disgusting. Jesus. It's so disgusting. (laughs) I, um, just another thing that jumped to my mind in that same vein is there's a, a moment up in like the, the journalist's box during a game where, um, one of the one of the journalists is like absentmindedly speaking to his fellows up there and he's like yeah it's just they're it's just not fair they have an unfair advantage with their long heel bones and they can they can just run faster and i don't i don't remember what what does he do he hits he a like, home run oh he, he just hits a home run and the other guy's turned to him and was like is that because of his long heel bones <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was like a great funny moment of levity but like it really outlined some of the same stuff that we hear and see today right where like somehow people who think they're better than other races will still make all kinds of excuses to say that they actually that these minorities actually have advantages right mm-hmm. like it's it's so incongruous it's so like it's so impossible to hold both views but somehow they manage it like as a coping mechanism like they think that these these that black people are inferior and yet at the same time have advantages that like born advantages that make them better than that it's so absurd when you just look at it for what they're actually saying but they don't see it that way it's just they just have to rationalize somehow why they're capable of doing the things they're doing and that it how it doesn't align with their previous notions right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many scenes of that in this movie where they're like, it's so funny. This movie depicts all these racist people. And then it comes down to it's like, oh, you're just bad at your job. It it doesn't have to do with anything as race. You're just a bad baseball player. And that's what you're worried about. And yeah, yeah. The scene in the locker room with Leo when they're all talking about how, like, they don't belong here. And Leo's just like, 
well, they play better baseball than you, so you better fucking get used to it. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's like, there's so much more of them, and they all want to play baseball. And they're coming, yeah. is yeah. what he says. And it's yeah. just like, shit. Yeah. They, there's so much of that, just like resistance to change and like wanting to keep things the way they are. It's, man. It's, yeah. I, like, I know, I know that the times are so different. Like, Obviously, the the number of barriers in place back then were just astronomical compared to today. But the fact that we still hear those kind of sentiments is so fucked up. Like, yeah, it it wasn't that long ago. Like, these <laughs> yeah. people are still alive. Like that yeah. that kid sitting in the stands is not that old. Like mm-hmm. today, yeah. he's probably yeah. still alive, right? Yeah. yeah. Jackie Robinson's wife's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, to quote uh, Barack Obama, like we've made a lot of progress, uh, but we need to make double that progress um, yeah. going forward. Uh, yeah, Jesus, this movie. Um, yeah, it. I mean, it also. Uh, I wonder if this movie would hit even harder if it was released this year. Because oh, 100%. Yeah. Also, 2013, we're in a pre-Trump America. Like, it, it's just, I feel like what this movie is trying to say is it almost echoes just louder now that, you know, we see, I mean, you said when people say just terrible things and then their excuse was, oh, it was just a joke. Like, man, how many times have you heard Donald Trump say that? Those exact <laughs> words. Um, man, yeah, it's just, it's, it makes your blood boil. And yeah. For a good reason, I would be terrified to see if someone watched this movie and they were not just infuriated on just what this movie depicts. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? Uh, let's, oh, let's quickly touch on, uh, Christopher Maloney, who, uh, you all probably know, uh, from Law and Order. I think that's probably his biggest role, right? He Mm -hmm. played whatever that character for like 20 years. Um, I know him. It's so weird because I think I know him as a comedian uh, or as a comedic actor, um, which most people probably do not see him as that. And uh, I know him from the movie Wet Hot American Summer. (laughs) Same here. (laughs) Where he plays the like camp. uh, What is is he? He's a chef or something. He's a chef, yeah. And Jesus Christ, is he fucking hilarious in that movie? <laughs> also, he if you haven't seen the two like television shows that follow up that movie, he 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 reply reprises that character in the, the two seasons of the television show. And my, my God. Have you have either of you seen Happy? No, no, but I've heard good things. He's the lead guy in Happy, and he's awesome in that, too. That's also where he's playing against, like, a puppet, right? It, uh, Is that a right? A cartoon flying u- unicorn, <laughs> voiced by Patton Oswalt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. 
but yeah, going back to, I mean, he does not play, he does not play a like racist person, um, though he has, in, in this movie depicts him that he has questionable morals. Yeah. Um, but just going back to how like casting a comedian in some of these more difficult roles, I think this is another one that he, he just commands a room when he's in it and yeah that speech where he's confronting the players about their um their like petition to not play um is just so powerful and he's he's only in i think the first half of this movie until he gets fired for having an affair which (laughs) is fucking hilarious like and can you and true yeah but can you Imagine like now a sports player like getting fired for having an affair. I feel Man, like that's yeah. like <laughs> that's like I mean probably everyone's done it. Like just the <laughs> stuff that athletes do is just so Since half of it half of it now is like a entertainment off the field. Like I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of shit elevates people's notoriety, right? Oh, 100%. Mhm. A hundred percent it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, God, it's so funny when he uh, when he wakes up or or Harrison Ford like wakes him up with a phone call, basically asking him to um, manage the team. And that woman, that woman in bed with him is just like commenting on everything he says, but doing just. <laughs> turning every sense into the most like sexual like thing. <laughs> God, it was funny. And then, yeah, at the end of it, where support is like, he's like, Oh, adultery is bad too, by the way. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, God, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I loved how yeah. he would just like turned that whole uh, speech with his team into like a, it was really just about winning games. That's like, he probably cared about more than that, but it, it was funny that that's how he like framed it with his team. It was like, I'm here to win baseball games. What the fuck are you guys here to do? Right? Like, yeah, right. And Jackie's going to help us win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, so, that's, there is kind of like this, um, this like undertone of just capitalism, but mm-hmm. at the end, I mean, it's kind of like the, I mean, we have this huge like conversation about representation in our in our like entertainment. And it's like and everyone is just like, oh, no, you have to you have to pick the best person for the job. And what they when they say that, what they mean is you need to pick the best person for the job, but make sure it's a white person, too. But like when we're like, um, God, what am I trying to say? (laughs) Um, it's like, yeah, it's like at the end of the day, they're a baseball team. And of course they just want to win. And they hired a guy who hits home runs, like almost every time he's at bat and Mm -hmm. just the, the racism of those other players are, um, are not letting them like play good baseball (laughs) and and yeah there's a few moments with Harrison Ford's character where he's like 
He's like, there's a lot of African-Americans who want to buy a ticket to a baseball game, but they're not buying tickets to my baseball game. And Mm -hmm. that's like super sketchy. Um, And we kind of wish that like you can have both, that you can have a inclusive team and an inclusive company or a inclusive like work of art and then like then also make money you know and but uh but yeah it's there's like um it's yeah at the end of the day like it's kind of capitalism but yeah i mean at its most base level i think we all can acknowledge that a free market can ha- can have a force that makes change at a societal level but i think the problem is that it just moves too damn slow right like the True. having um having a team do it for less than moral reasons i guess i, I mean it seems at the end harrison ford's harrison ford has kind of like an admission about like why he put Jackie on the team, right? Mm-hmm. And it it's it became more than just about the money. It, it that I don't know how accurate that is, but um, I get the sense that some of the the details they put in about his character, about how like he was a Methodist and Jackie Robinson was a Methodist, <laughs> yeah. and like like that was a really fun moment, like. You get you get the sense that he he was doing this for altruistic reasons, but I think that it was easier for him to argue to his fellows that this is a thing that will make them money. And I don't uh, I mean, is that the best way to go about it? I don't think so. But you can't deny that it is in some ways effective, at least in the long term. Right. Um, But yeah, it's. It's frustrating because that is the way that people say we should deal with things today. And meanwhile, there are people who are suffering and we can't wait for market forces to fix it. Right. So, yeah, it's a it's a really complicated issue. And I I think this this movie doesn't really come down on one side or the other, um, but it depicts both accurately to the time period. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like this movie I f- well maybe not in the whole like capitalism thing but I think at the end of this movie they do the like where are they now like they kind of have the paragraph of every character and mm-hmm. including Alan Tudyk's character and been like be like yeah this dude was immediately fired and he never managed a baseball team I think <laughs> including that like including that just that sentence about like like don't worry the racist dude was punished like that's i feel like that's the movie kind of really like really like taking aside um which maybe that's just maybe it's there it's just focused on racism and it doesn't it doesn't yeah. really confront the whole the whole um, problem with sports and how it's it's a lot of um, I mean I don't know how base maybe baseball isn't this bad but um, basketball 
uh, basketball is very like um, uh, it gets a lot of criticism because it is a bunch of racist white dudes who own basketball teams that are majority African-Americans players. And of course they're like they're I mean, those players are millionaires, but they're also just lead these troubled lives of, of drug addiction and like beating their spouses and like buying weapons illegally. And just all this terrible stuff that is thrown away because their owners see them as products and not anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Anything else on this movie? Um, <laughs> the last thing I want to bring up yep. is another character uh, who did a great job. And that's uh, John McGinley, who was just the like baseball announcer. He's the guy <laughs> from Scrubs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> like that guy needs to just exclusively be an old timey baseball monitor and just talk I, like that because it was perfect. I literally turned to my wife and I'm like, how how can someone pull that off? How do you pull off doing that that role and that accent without making it seem like a caricature? And yeah, somehow exactly. he did it. It, it sounded so good. Yeah. yeah. Like you'd think like, oh man, he, and you'd think he'd really like ham it up and like but no, it was he it was super straight laced, super straight face. That guy didn't crack a smile the entire movie and was still talking like an old-timey radio guy announcing a baseball game and he did a great job (laughs) we were always laughing we were always laughing at the content of what he was saying and never at the way he delivered it right like it it was just those old-timey sayings that he kept using that were so goddamn funny but it it was never like he was not the comedic relief in terms of like playing it up and overacting it you know Mm -hmm. yeah he's great (laughs) yeah yeah i agree um, and yeah, that's such a, just the, his voice, the voice he did was just so unlike anything I've seen that, that actor do. And yeah, it could have been so close to, you know, being like, uh, like, um, like a pod race announcer, you know, just being yeah. like really <laughs> just over the top. Uh, all right, let's get to final thoughts. So for every movie, we'll give Harrison Ford a rating of one to five Harrisons. Um, so Neil, you want to start this off with your final thoughts? Certainly. Uh, I thought this movie had some incredibly powerful moments, um, just regarding race in general, which is kind of the main focus of it. And, it, it it just it was had such like and yeah like Ben breaking into tears like everything <laughs> was going for it like and it had some just really good stuff it felt like it was in the time like it had a really nice like fifties vibe that wasn't like. It, that kind of always stayed in its own like it it kept to its own time period really well. Um, Harrison Ford, I thought we didn't really talk so much about him, but like did really well. Like, I think, you know, he he actually had a character. He was he did it like he played the part really well. 
Um, I'd be interested to see what like the true to life, if like how accurate they were to like the actual real life people. But like they did, he did great. Um, Chadwick Boseman also a fantastic job as Jackie Robinson. I thought he just played it really well. Um, I would give this like probably four out of five Harrisons like uh, super well done. I think Um, I would highly recommend it just because like um, it it just it really punches you in the gut at like uh, the the message that it's trying to send. And I think it does it in a good way where you end up still feeling good in the end uh, about the whole situation and about it, because like, you know, that it, like everybody like granted, like at the beginning, I, did, I didn't I said I didn't like baseball. I don't watch baseball, but I know very much who Jackie Robinson is. And just and this movie just only helps kind of strengthen the fact of that. So I give it four out of five. Nice. Tyler? Yeah. Um, I I feel like in my heart, I want to give this movie a four out of five Harrisons, but I think I'm just going to go 3.5, um, mostly because I had really low expectations going into this. I just really... I, I wasn't um, I wasn't interested in the baseball aspect. I wasn't sure that Harrison Ford would this would be a great role for him. Um, and I came out just like really pleasantly surprised. So I think my score is uh, would have been a little inflated because of that. That's why I'm gonna go 3.5. I, I, I liked Harrison Ford's performance for the most part, but I feel like he might have gone a little over the top occasionally where he was like trying to do a voice i don't think he's really that good at doing a voice i think he could have just played old man harrison and had just as good of a effect if not better and it wouldn't have been um as distracting to me i guess he's like wearing prosthetics and it's i don't think you need to be that slavishly devoted to like impersonating someone in a biopic when you are more capable at getting across the emotional side with just your standard f- acting. Um, I thought it would. I thought some of those like inspirational talks between him and Jackie Robinson would have been more effective if he hasn't, if he wasn't trying to play a person, uh, a character that that wasn't really compatible with his acting style. Um, but it, it wasn't so distracting to me that I'm gonna like really knock it for that. Um, I thought Chadwick Boseman was incredible in this. Um, anyone who only knows him from like Black Panther, you owe it to yourself to watch this movie for him alone. Um, and Alan Tudyk also being kind of the MVP as far as like having putting a face to the racism that you can really like focus in on in this movie um, for all the reasons we've already stated. So yeah, it's it's a really great film, definitely worth watching, especially if you're not that familiar with the story of Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this uh, four Harrisons. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you, Tyler, that if this was just kind of just normal Harrison Ford, I think it would have been better. But um, just that aside, I just really dug this movie and I really liked Harrison Ford's performance. Um, I think this was Harrison Ford, like, really trying. Like, this is him going to work and... Tr- like really working for a great performance 
which even um, even in like movies that are good in this kind of later Harrison Ford's career, um, there's just this kind of like kind of like laid back attitude that I think is maybe his charm as an actor, but is also like um, you just don't feel you just don't feel like the power of the character that he's he's portraying and I think you really he really like digs into something in this role in this um, movie and I was quite impressed by it Um, I'd honestly put this maybe like top five Harrison Ford performances I think I'd I I think I'm I'm confident enough to say that I Really Sadly, I might him. have to agree with you because I don't know how many other great performances we've had. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, uh, yes. And man, I actually just rewatched Black Panther today, um, kind of not even thinking uh, about um, this movie. But man, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Jesus, he's a star. And I think you can just see it in this movie, just how good he is, how um, how funny he is in lighthearted moments. And then just, yeah, that scene where he just destroys that baseball bat, just the frustration that he just brings out of that character. It's it's um, it's amazing. And <laughs> you just reminded me of that scene where he's with his wife talking about when the cop told him to get off the field. And he's like, oh, yes, sir. I'm a git. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. God, that was so great. Yeah. My God. He's, yeah. And that's um, the scene where he's he's in a car and they're like outside of a nightclub and there's just a group of white people walking towards him. And he's like, uh, and the the driver of the car like drives off, and he's like, he's like, dude, what are you, what are you freaking out about? And he's like, he's like, oh, the KKK, we're gonna stop and buy your house, and we just need to get you out of town. And he, he just laughs, and he's like, oh, I thought I was fired from the team. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just like those lighthearted moments are just, uh, um he's just so good at it. He's just so good at just kind of laughter, um, which is something that Harrison Ford is really good at too. So I wonder, mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a correlation, but, uh, anyways, that's it for, um, 42. Let's get to recommendations. So for every episode, we like to leave you guys with some recommendations. So, Neil, why don't you start us off with yours? Yeah, certainly. Uh, My recommendation is The Division 2. It had just recently come out with a... Uh, new expansion. Uh, it originally the base game uh, is centered around Washington D.C. and then it takes you to New York in the expansion, which is pretty cool. Um, now the Division One, which came out a few years ago, I played the beta and actually didn't like it very much. But the Division Two, I picked up for like three dollars one day. Like Ubisoft was having a huge sale on it, 
So I picked it up for three bucks and it's like it's great enough for me to pull pay full price for like the the DLC for it. Uh, it's really fun. Um, it's it's super well done. It's kind of got a uh, it's just like a a looter shooter pretty much. Um, it's it looks great. Like the amount of detail in the actual game is outstanding. Uh, all the mechanics seem to work really well as far as like that type of game is concerned. Uh, it's got a, a pretty a pretty interesting storyline. It's funny that I've been playing that now, which is a pretty much. A, uh, so if you're familiar with it, it's about a pretty much a disease outbreak, which is kind of very timely and disgusting right now. But, uh, you know, um, it's it's good. The gameplay is great. The expansion so far is really good. Haven't fully completed it, but uh, if you're into the grind, the loot grind, like it's definitely worth it. I think um, it's fun. Uh, my my only complaint about it, really, and uh, the the newest patch actually kind of helped out with this, is that there was too much loot, um, <laughs> and that can that can be a problem in that like you start getting either connected to a certain weapon. And like you find yourself changing your weapon in like the early to mid game, like very, very, very often if you want to stay up like and be able to face the harder enemies that you will get through leveling up. I mean, you could use a old crappy weapon, but it's just that you're just crutching yourself at that point. But at, it, there was there was too much loot in the beginning. So you found yourself just changing you. you changing stuff far too often for my taste i guess but maybe that's up people's alleys not necessarily mine um the expansion for uh new york actually they reduce the amount of loot you get and it's like at a really reasonable level now like i think um where it gives you and it also um now has like a system that you can like recalibrate armor and weapons so you can like deconstruct parts for different like uh uh stats for your armor that you can apply to the armor that you like more or this or that so there's now better and different ways to reutilize that stuff and having to just like change it out they have more like back-end mechanics that allow you to kind of help manage your inventory and stuff like that Oh, but that is my uh, recommendation is the Division 2 and his expansion, uh, the New York expansion. Um, super fun. Uh, I recommend it. Cool. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I I think I, I appreciate Division 2 for almost the complete opposite reasons that you've <laughs> talked about. Um, I... Like, I, I love a good looter shooter. Like, Ben and I have played uh, Destiny 2 a shit ton. And, but when I was playing Division 2, I found myself absolutely enamored with the actual story missions. Mm -hmm. I thought they were, like, fucking amazing. You go through some incredible environments with some really inventive level design. Yeah. Um, and so, I but I could care less about all the looter shooter stuff because it didn't feel like it, because it's a more realistic setting, right? So yeah. you're dealing with just, like, machine guns and pistols and submachine guns. It's just, I don't really give a shit about all that stuff. I just loved, like, going through the national air and space museum like yeah and there's a sequence where you go into a 
um, like display of the lunar or of a Mars, a prototype Mars lander, I think. Yeah. yeah. And you're yep. just like literally on a fake Mars surface in the middle of a museum, like shooting people. <laughs> and then there's another sequence where you're at like a um, American history museum, I think. And there's mm-hmm. like a display that shows like the, um, the Vietnamese jungles. And there's like, helicopter sound effects and stuff from like Vietnam war helicopters. And it's, yeah. and you're like getting behind displays of like Vietnamese huts and stuff. And it's so, so bizarre, right? Like, so, um, just odd and a really <laughs> cool way to like going through museums. That's a fucking awesome idea for doing a shooter, uh, to have such varied environment design and what's otherwise just a bleak dystopian downtown hellscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I loved all that about it. So if you, if you can pick it up cheap and you don't really care about the looter shooter, looter shooter stuff, like the story missions alone are worth it. If you can pick it up for on sale. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, what's your recommendation? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend a song, and normally I'd recommend the artist as well, but I've found that I'm not really into their other stuff. But this one song is a fucking banger. Um, you should check out a song called "Lemon Boy" by a band called Cave Town. Uh, this is it, it's it's one of those songs that. It has just a bizarre metaphor that shapes all the lyrics. And it's this like idea that um, someone is like discovering their alter ego almost, or like I guess maybe their their depression in and they describe them their depression in the uh, in the sense of being a lemon boy. And so the entire song is like, weird metaphors and uh like comparisons to citrus fruits and shit and it's it's so weird but just like absolutely mesmerizing and the song is really catchy really catchy like i listen to it almost daily now and i don't it doesn't get old um i love it so yeah i i really recommend the song called lemon boy by cave town um, and I'll also just quickly mention Ben recommended in a previous episode the movie Ready or Not, which is this just batshit crazy, um, like kind of horror thriller movie where a bride is like being hunted on her wedding night. And it's it was a blast. I rented it the other night. Uh, super fun. So I'll definitely second that recommendation as well. Awesome. Uh, yeah, what a good movie. I, I think I need to go back and revisit that. Yeah. Um, I would like to recommend. Uh, so just a few weeks ago, um, FX added like their entire library to Hulu. So ah. I took the opportunity to watch a show that I have heard a lot about, but just never got the chance to watch it. And that is What We Do in the Shadows. This is, um, of course, um, I don't know if you'd call it a spinoff or an adaptation, but it is from the same team that made the movie What We Do in the Shadows. And it's definitely the same type of premise, um, but it has uh, new characters. And I think it takes place in New York, or I think the movie took place in London. But 
Um, if you're unfamiliar, this it's kind of like a it's almost like a reality show. It takes the it's kind of filming like a documentary, like like The Office or Parks and Rec. Um, so it but it kind of has that reality show feeling. Um, but the main characters are three vampires. And then uh, it's three vampires. And then there's one familiar, which is like the a vampire servant. Um, and it's just their like day to day life. Uh, they have to there's one episode where they have to go to this a city council meeting. Um, because they have a question, they have like some zoning question or something. Uh, and then there's, um, this one episode where like one of them gets turned into a, one of them turns into a bat and then they get, uh, while in bat form, they get caught by like pest control and the other two have to go and break them out. Uh, it is a wildly the comedy is just from this, like they're in all these mundane situations, but they are vampires as well. So, uh, God, it is so funny. Um, I, uh, I saw the movie when it came out and I really enjoyed the movie, but I feel like a television format, it just works so much better for this story. Um, I was completely, just blown away by how funny this show is and just kind of how brilliant it is. Um, I just absolutely loved it. Um, one thing I'll say, this isn't too much of a spoiler, but, uh, there is a character, um, there's a character in this show that is a vampire, but he is, he is not a normal vampire. He's an energy vampire. And <laughs> so I think his name is his Colin and he is just the most like basic bitch human that like you could possibly imagine. Yeah. His name is Colin Robinson. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, that is definitely not a Harrison Ford name. <laughs> oh no, Jesus. Um, and so, uh, he is an energy vampire, and if you've ever ever heard the term energy vampire, is a person who is just so boring that they suck the energy out of you. And <laughs> there are times, so like all the characters, they do this like vampire hiss where they like hiss and their like vampire teeth come out. So Colin Robinson, he does the same thing, and he'll like walk into a room. And just like, he's like, he's like, oh, you're, he'll say something about like the rug you're standing on and he'll give just the most boring trivia about this rug <laughs> and he'll go on and on. And then it will show someone has like fallen asleep by, <laughs> by just listening to him and he'll do this vampire hiss because he's like feeding off of their energy. God, it is it's one of those characters that in the first episode, you're just like, oh, God, this person is going to be insufferable. Like, because, like, how can you have this character be funny for 
an entire season of television. <laughs> right. And my God, what they do with this character is just pure genius every time. He gets funnier and funnier after every episode. And that's reassuring because yeah. that was actually one of my concerns too, is that like it sounds like a great premise for a, a one half hour episode, but <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, to be a main character of the show, um right. man, it takes guts and they 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 hit it out of the park. It's some of the funniest stuff that that character does. Um, um, yeah. So what we do in the shadows, definitely. If you have Hulu now, it's on Hulu. Um, there's a second season that I think is coming out soon. And I believe that, um, oh Jesus, it's actually, oh shit. It's actually tomorrow that it premieres. (laughs) Um, but I think the, the plan is that it's going to be put up on Hulu, like, right after it premieres um or maybe right alongside it but uh yeah if you haven't watched that show highly recommend it i cannot wait for the second season um and yeah it's also it's created and i think he writes all of writes all the episodes but it's created by uh jermaine clement who is one half of oh what's that um Flight of the, the Concords. Flight of the Concords, yeah. And of course he's also in Legion. He plays a pretty incredible role in I think <laughs> One of my at least all-time the first favorite comedic actors. Oh my god, oh, yeah. he's so brilliant. And of course he like of course he writes this incredibly funny show. Um but then also several of the episodes are directed by Taiko Watiti, uh, who yes. co-directed the the movie with Jermaine Clement. So, so see, guys, I like Taiko Watiti stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you, Ben. <laughs> all right, <laughs> that's it for this episode of Credits Do. Thank you, everyone, for joining us and listening in. And thank you to all the people who are watching along with us as well. And I hope you'll join us again in two weeks where we'll be talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens. Very Uh, excited. (laughs) Uh, So I have not rewatched this movie since, like, we started this season Um, so it's been, it's been quite some time since I've rewatched the force awakens. And obviously it was very difficult to not rewatch this when, um, the rise of Skywalker came out, but (laughs) that's what I rewatched it right there. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) Yeah. So very excited to rewatch this and yeah, we're, we're back into the, Harrison Ford revisits a an old character for a very large check. <laughs> um, so yeah, until then, um, I hope you'll join us. And uh, Tyler, why don't you tell the people where they can get in touch with you? 
Yeah, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Tyler Owen. And uh, I'll also mention, uh, for those of you who've been listening for a while, I used to plug my games that I make. And uh, I'm actually, I am working on something new, but I did just want to plug, um, I want to plug my old game, Lacuna Passage. I I eventually ended up selling the IP to another developer because I was no longer able to commit the time needed to, to really make it what it could be. And um, they have been slowly posting updates on their complete uh, like revamp of that game on Steam. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not, they, their version is not available yet. It's still the version that I developed, but they are getting close to pushing out a, a major update that literally changes the game to a full new engine and it's going to have, um, two player co-op. Um, oh, wow. and so Ooh. it's, wow. it looks incredible. Just, I'm just so excited. Like there's something about like, it, it really did feel like I was kind of handing off my baby to someone else to raise. Mm -hmm. And I was so nervous about doing that, but I knew it was the only way that the game would ever get finished to the degree that I hoped it could be. And I'm just so happy and satisfied to see them like living up to the vision that I had for the game. They're really keeping the spirit of what I had intended. And, and I mean, we're not really communicating They're They're not really coming to me for, you know, to consult on it at all, but it's amazing how well they understood what I wanted that game to be. And I'm just so stoked to see their progress. And I'm, I hope if you're interested in Mars exploration and survival games, uh, you'll check it out. Uh, Lacuna passage on steam. So just follow that and see what happens. That's awesome. That's incredible news. Well, you can find me on just Twitter at Dino Neil Man. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, and you can listen to my other podcast, Pivotal Tracks, where I interview a musician about a song that they love. Uh, you can find that. Just search Pivotal Tracks at wherever, whatever service you get this podcast on. And uh, once again, thank you for listening. Um, and until next time, remember, as always, the world isn't the same. Maybe it never was. Baseball just ignored it. <laughs> just baseball. <laughs> <laughs>